with the nugget. Are you ready? Well, I guess nobody heard that, so. <laughs> we are ready. Okay. Truth. This is the beginning of the nugget. Truth. Conquers everything. Truth conquers everything. Keep that in mind as you, as we, we relate to the scripture this morning. Amen. So, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms this time. We'll begin with this book of Psalms and the 86th chapter. That's Psalms 86. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. Thank you, Lord, that our eyes of our understanding be open, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that great and mighty things, Father God, that will take place, Father God, as we receive your word and we rejoice in it. In Jesus' name, amen. That's Psalms 86. Do, do you remember or happen to remember the first time you opened a Bible? Well, I got one Bible from my aunt. I think it was a Christmas present. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, thumb through it, and at that time, comic books were my thing. So, and there's, this thing didn't have any pictures. So I didn't know where to look, you know. And uh, so, unfortunately, it stayed that way for a long time, unopened. I'm glad I discovered what was in it later, amen? But uh, uh, possibly you didn't know where to start reading the Bible. Uh, little did you know or understand what it was all about. I mean, what's this black book? You know? um, but the Bible is the most astonishing, astonishing and most incredible book in the entire history of mankind. Uh, and Christians have always believed that it was the Word of God. Thank you for all the amens out there. Um, yet there are many people who have no idea how remarkable the Bible is. Uh, they are scripturally ignorant, and that exists today, sadly, profoundly. Sadly, I should say, that uh, the Bible is still obscure. You know, like I said, oftentimes you get a Bible. I remember people say they got a, they got a family Bible and they put it on the coffee table, and it just they just see it once a week when they dust it. Yeah, you know, they, if you're not inclined to see or hear what it says, it's just a monument that sits there. Um, until someone introduces you to Jesus, the Bible remains somewhat of a mystery. Amen? I mean, man, once you've found out Jesus, oh boy, this has got some good stuff in it. And you start to, 
to read it and devour it. And there's certain areas, wow, this is good. And some things just kind of blow you away. Wow, this, this is written in the Bible? You know, that type of stuff. Uh, once receiving Jesus as Lord, you find that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, the Bible will transform nations and peoples that believe it. And there's some nations that are picking up on, on it. Uh, and things are beginning to change for those nations. Glory. Um, so, um, the Bible is a love story. It's an open letter to you and I personally. Glory to God. It's from the heart of God. So let's see what Psalms 86 says. Psalms 86, beginning with verse 11 from the King James. Teach me thy ways, O Lord, and I walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O God, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy towards me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. I'm going to read that now from the Amplified, beginning with verse 11. Again, Psalms 86. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely reverently to serve and honor your name. I will confess and praise you, O Lord my God, with my whole united heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy and loving kindness towards me, and you have delivered me from the depths of Sheol, from the exceeding depths of affliction. Glory to God. So, going back to verse 1, uh, not verse 1, but 11, uh, verse 11. Teach me thy ways, O Lord. We have to learn to flow in truth. Teach me, his way. Teach me your ways. The word of God is truth. So we have to flow in this, learn to flow in this truth. Uh, we can't understand the Bible on, it, on our own. It says, teach me, Lord. So we've got to have some help. Uh, it's only through a right relationship with God it's then we can understand, begin to, begin to understand the hidden depths and treasures that the Bible has for us. Um, so God has to teach us as we read the word. Amen? So keep, a, keep your marker there if you have a marker. And let's go to the book of John. We need help. Wow. Oh, thank you. One of you understood it. The rest of you don't need help, I guess. Okay. In, in John chapter 14, it's John chapter 14. Now we want to go to verse 25. From the King James again. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Jesus is speaking. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, sh he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's going to teach us what we read. He's going to open our eyes of our understanding to the great possibilities and amazing and astonishing things that he has done for us. 
He didn't do it for himself. He, he's doing it for us. Glory to God. Uh, let's go on to uh, chapter 16 of John. Yes, John chapter 16. We want to begin with verse 12 or look at verse 12 and 13. That's John 16, 12. Uh, verses 12 and 13. I have yet many things to say unto you, but, I can, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is, is here to open our eyes our understanding. And so we need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because we are, the Bible says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, now, I, I know some of you are, are singles, and you go home and you don't have anybody to talk to. Um, some of us, okay, think about it when you were, those of us, of us are married. When you were single and you went home, there's nobody to talk to. Well... The Holy Spirit's within us. He needs someone to talk to. Uh, it's impolite not to have a conversation with somebody that comes over to your house. Knock on the door. Come on in. Sit down. Enjoy yourself. He, he's He's needing some, or you're, I'm needing some information from him, and, and I've got to start asking him questions. He says, he'll give us answers. Amen. How's this done? Then he starts to give us information. He says, look over here, and when you read this, you'll find out something else. It'll open your eyes to understanding. And he says, then you start to look at it in, in greater depth, and pretty soon it just expands. And you're blessed because of it. So we need to have a good communications with the Holy Spirit. Not just when you need a, a, a question answered, but you need to talk to him daily. How are you doing this morning? You know, I, 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 I need some... Uh, Need to know how you're doing and what, what can, how can I make you more comfortable this day? Has anybody ever asked the Holy Spirit how, how you can make them, him more comfortable with you? Or you say, come along with me and I'll show you what I need done. <laughs> now, why don't, why don't we ask him what would make him comfortable today? How can I, how can I make you comfortable? He says he wants to teach us things. Things to elevate us, not to put us down. To correct us if we're, if we're going wrong. He wants, to make a, he wants to be comfortable to give you information, to give me information. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. So we need to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So let's make him more comfortable. And what are you going to tell him? In the morning? Good morning. Well, good morning and what? How can I make you comfortable to the Holy Spirit? 
Wow. Boy, when you say that, he's going to, wow, whoa. The, the, there's excitement. There should be excitement. Okay, some of you will. Just another sermon. Come on. Okay, let's return to uh, Psalms 86. Again, we have to learn to flow in the truth. Okay, that's receiving him. If we want to know the things of God, the Holy Spirit will make the Bible more clear to us. Oh, how wonderful that is. Um, I want you to all think back when you were in school. Some of you can go back to college. Some of you have to go back to high school. Some, some of us can go back to grammar school. And, and for Laurel, it's preschool. But... Was, isn't it, wasn't it wonderful when the teacher came and says, let me show you how to do these things, and you had some joy, this is how this is done, or you can, you can, you're learning to read and you just felt, wow, this is something, you're being educated. I mean, you know, I had some great teachers. Unfortunately, sometimes they did, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on it, but I had great teachers, all right? Uh, and it didn't help me. I had some teachers that corrected me, which which I didn't like, but um, this morning Heather said she had a, she had a young student that uh, didn't too, do too well in the test, and she found something that this, this student was doing, well, just cheating, okay? And uh, I remember being called in in third grade. And he says, he says, let's look at these problems here you've got. It was math, unfortunately. <laughs> so how'd you come up with this? I started balling, because I cheated. I looked at the other person, person. I didn't know. But he was trying to teach me, develop me. And that's what the Holy Spirit's here for, Amen. to teach us, to develop us. Not that we could, not to put us down, but to bring us up to a, to a higher level, especially in our spiritual walk. Okay. Now, you, since, since we went there, I want us to go to the book of Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be bouncing around a little bit in the Word this morning. Turn those pages so I can hear them. That's Hebrews chapter 11. Remember, that God is teaching us. He's wanting to teach us. Look at this. Hebrews chapter three, uh, 11, verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which, are, which were not made of things which do appear. Okay? So in other words, by faith we understand the worlds were made or framed. Faith. So God works on two dimensions. God uh, operates in the spirit. That's where faith comes in. So a lot of times we're having, okay, how, how does this work? Oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me with my faith. Okay. And two, 
in the natural, the natural things. That's where we learn to understand things and begin to compute things together. It's when our spirits accept the word of faith that our natural man becomes renewed. When we have faith, when we receive, when we receive the word of, word of God, it develops our faith. That's the spirit coming to, to our spirit, word of faith. The word is spirit. When we have that, we begin to understand it. Then in the natural, we can uh, apply it to the natural and see it come to pass. Have faith in the impossible or the spiritual side. You can't see it. But if you have faith, it'll draw the natural to it. Okay. Once you get, the, get in the spirit of believing, spirit in believing, you can stand on it and receive the natural. Okay, uh, since we're in the New Testament, back up a few books and find the book of Galatians. I hear all those pages, they're mine. Galatians chapter... Six. Now, when we're working in the spirit, things happen. But when you put your faith out there, things happen. This is what which takes place. Galatians chapter. Uh, what I say? Six, right? Okay. Looking at verse nine. Let us not be weary in well doing. That means you keep your faith out there. Don't let it, let go of it. Amen. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So we have to hold on to that faith and don't grow weary when it doesn't come right away. We sow different seeds. You can plant a, we'll say, a corn, a kernel of corn and within well, whatever, whatever germination time it takes, we'll say it takes you know three or four months. You've got a a, a nice stock of corn, you know, ears of corn that you can participate uh, participate in. Okay, but then if you had an acorn from an oak tree, you planted it, it comes up, but you can't enjoy the shade of it. For years. So they're, they're you know, it, it's growing, but we have to be patient for that. So some of our, our, our seeds that we have put out there, it's going to take, some of them are going to germinate real quick and you're going to have a quick crop and others, it's going to take time to develop, but we need to, what, just like we, we watered the corn, to get it to go, we need to continue to water the tree for it to get to full stature that we can enjoy the shade of it or the, uh, the swing on it or, you know, whatever. But you've got to be patient. We need to be patient. Okay, going back to where your, your 
So I'm going to get you guys with the, I don't know how quick you get from one, one oh, I know, you hit the button on the computer, you go, psh, psh, you know, and I'm having to change pages. Okay, let's go back to uh, Psalms 86. Looking at verse 11, teach me thy ways, O Lord. I will, look at this part, part B, I will walk in thy truth. We need to be focused on God's word, which is truth. We need to focus on the word. You can't be divided on God's word. Remember what James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8 says? Don't be a double-minded man, unstable in our, all our ways. So that means once we hear, I will walk in thy truth. We can't, be, we can't compromise God's word. Because, well, this, I don't understand this, God, so I'm not going to do it. That's not doing it. That's not having faith. That's not developing where we need to be. Um, we need to have a personal relationship. If you're wanting the title, personal relationship this morning. Okay? We can't have a divided heart. A double-minded, being double-minded is being unstable in God's word. Okay? Our focus must be, must be on God's faithfulness because it's his word that puts us through. So we need to be, uh, our focus on God's faithfulness uh, and do not doubt his promises. Says, I will walk in thy truth. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Show me what, what I need to do. Show me uh, the songs we, some of the songs we've sing. Show me thy ways. We show, he shows us our, the way and then we are to Follow through or walk in it, okay? Uh, doubt doesn't come from the inner man, the spirit man. Doubt comes from up here, the mind, will, and emotions. Doubt is developed from ex ex experiences. It didn't work here. So I tried it. It didn't work. Um, Doubt develops our, uh, from our experiences, our thoughts, because we become double-minded. Uh-oh. And it all doubts stem from the natural man. All right, okay. Turn with me to the New Testament once more. Second Corinthians this time. Second Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, we go to the 11th chapter. Let's go to verse 23. Paul is talking. In verse 23, that's 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Are they not ministers of Christ? I speak as a, a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, above measure, in prison more frequently, in, off, in deaths off. In other words, they're after him. Of the Jews, five times received 40 stripes, save one. Paul is speaking about some troubles here. 
in his personal relationship. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Remember they stoned him outside the city? And they thought he was dead and he woke, got up and walked back into the city. And that takes uh, some courage. They didn't recognize him because he's all bloody. Okay, no. I suffered a, a shipwreck. Well. A night and day I have, uh, a night and a day I have been in, in deep. Well. In journeys, journeys more often, often in perils of water. Uh-oh. Uh, dry land, water, whatever. In perils of robbers. Oh, people are, are going to... What do you got, Paul? I know, I know you... They knew Paul had money. Because he collected from the churches and gave it to other churches. And he said, wow, this guy's picking up money. We're just going to rob him. In perils of my own countrymen. Uh-oh. Perils of his own... His own... His own Countrymen didn't like him for what he was doing, so let's get him. Imperils by the heathen, those that, that don't like God and, and don't like what he's saying. Remember when he was in, in Ephesus? He said, uh, don't uh, believe in that uh, go goddess of uh, Venus or Ephesus. And what did they do? The, whole, the guy that was making the little statues ran out and said, hey, he wants to get, take away our, our livelihood. And he got the whole sea up in an uproar. The heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. Believers that were false. Well, wolves in sheep's clothing. Just because somebody has Christian behind their name or says, says they're a Christian doesn't mean they are a Christian. They could be a wolf. None of those things that I don't think we would want to uh, encounter in our own lives. You don't think these things are good. I don't think those things are good. So it go, it's up to Heather at this point to do something. <laughs> A thousand years late for Paul. <laughs> but he did. He depended on his word. Through it all. That was, I would say that was song, Paul's song. That should be our song. Through it all. We can depend upon his word. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, 2 Corinthians, since we're in uh, Corinthians there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this time. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, looking at verse 17 and 18. For our light affliction. Well, he calls it light affliction for what he went through. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Through it all. While we look not at things which are seen, but at, at things which are not seen, for things which are seen are temporal. 
but the things which are not seen are eternal. Glory to God. That's mighty. Okay, uh, return to the book of Psalms. But this time we want to go to Psalms 103. This is David writing. And uh, we know what David went through. I mean, think of all the trials and tribulations David brought about, about on himself. But he says, Psalms 103, beginning with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. We can't forget his benefits. He's given us his word. Jesus is the word who forgives all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen. That's something that we can do. Okay, we're, we're looking at personal relationships this morning through it all going back to back up to Psalms 86 verse 11 again says teach me thy ways O Lord I will walk in thy truth unite my heart to fear thy name glory to God through it all verse 12 I will praise thee O my Lord God with all my heart I will glorify thy name forevermore a right relationship begins in the spirit, giving your, your heart to the Lord. So what kind of relationship do you have with God? What kind of relationship do you have with God today? You're born again, right? It should be a father-child relationship. Those of us that have, have children or, you know, no chi children. A child is dependent upon, upon his father for everything. A father has his best interest for his child Amen. in his mind. So let's see what Jesus said. I know we were jumping around a little bit, but that's all right. You need some exercise this morning. Matthew chapter 18, in Matthew chapter 18, we'll begin with verse 1, that's Matthew 18, verse 1, at the same time the disciples unto, uh, unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And here's what Jesus' reply was, verse 2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as a little, little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoa! Father-son relationship. Father-child relationship. You walk... Side by side. 
father-father relationship. You walked hand in hand. You listen as a child. You observe as a child. Then you learn as a child. And then you do what you observed. Side by side, hand in hand, listening, observing, learning, and then doing what the Father has taught you. Amen. Now, unfortunately, some of us have become independent of God. You know, I don't need you anymore, Dad. Forget it. You know, we get to that age, you know, the, the old folks just don't understand anymore. They're, they're old, oh, just old. They don't. You're old-fashioned. You don't know what's going on anymore. Anybody relate to that? None of you. Boy, you're good. I thought, boy, my parents better go to school or something. That's... But uh, so, we, so we become independent of God as we get older. Yeah, I, I was born like a child. I believed like a child. But now I've become of age. Glory to God. Hello, nobody's out there. Since we become independent of God, anybody, let's go to the book, since we're there, let's go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. This is what happens when we become independent of God. Luke chapter 15, beginning of verse 11. And he, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, and divided unto them his living. And not many days later, the young, younger son gathered all together and took his journey into the far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. I think a lot of Christians have become prodigal sons. I don't need you that much anymore, but give me everything that's due me. I'm a believer. I can be blessed. And he spent his stuff wastefully. How many Christians are out there? Our prodigal sons this day. They're wanting it all to what? To please the flesh, the worldly things. Not the spiritual things, but I remember when I backslidden. Some of you know what backslidden means. You, you see them out there doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And they're thinking, well, wow, we're having a good time, you know. I'm born again. I can do what I want. Because I'm saved by grace. Well, we could go to other scriptures like in Peter where it says, uh, you abandoned me and I'm going to let you go. So we don't want to be a prodigal son. Amen. Thank you. Or perhaps, maybe not a 
since we strayed from being a child of God to a prodigal son, maybe we're a bond servant. Anybody know what a bond servant? You remember what a bond servant is? We read, we read it in, in scripture before. A bond servant is willing to attach himself to the master. He does what the master says. He already knows what to do, whatever, the, uh, he, he already is to do what the, whatever the master asks of him, bond servant. You know, you know, Jesus says if you tell a servant to, uh, you come home and, and uh, the servant hasn't eaten, but the master says, you know, I'm hungry. The servant doesn't go and feed himself first. He does what the master's bidding. Amen? Okay. But there's a problem, too, that comes about with, with bond servants. Now, uh, right before the book of Hebrews, anybody know what the book, uh, book that little two-page? Philemon. It said he was a servant. Now, I'm not saying that he was a bond servant, but maybe he was a bond servant. And what happened to Philemon? He ran away. And Paul found him. He says, I remember you're supposed to be what's up, what you're the bond servant, so-and-so. Uh, yeah, uh, um, I'm doing my own thing. And so Paul kind of instructs him. Says, you know, you're a bond servant, you did. And what does Paul do? He tells, tells his own, he writes a letter to the owner, says, you know, I've got Philemon, and I'm asking him to return to you, not as a servant, but a fellow believer. Return as a child of God. Are we a, have we gone from prodigal son to bond servant? We need to return to the house of God. Amen? Okay. Paul asked uh, ask him to be taken back, not as a bondservant, but as a brother in the Lord. Well, that was a big step. Some of us need to maybe talk to somebody that's on a wandering way and say, you know, you need to go back. Back to the house of God. Become a child of God again. And he'll forget everything that you did wrong, but he'll place you in a position. It's up to us to, to share the good news with those, these individuals because they're out there doing their own thing. I was doing my own thing. Then I happened to run across the lady that helped me come, come to know the Lord, and she says, you know, David, <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh, 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 do I have to? Yeah. Keep your nose out of my business. You know. <laughs> uh, I think when she found out I kind of wandered, I think she, her prayer level went up, for me anyway. So, you know.
Do you want to have fellowship with the truth? Going back to Psalms 86. Teach me, O Lord, verse 11, teach me, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Do you want to have fellowship with truth again? Get the truth in your spirit and let it flow out, of, out into your natural life. Enjoy. The things of God. Get into the Word. Enjoy music that lifts you up. I like music, so, you know. Um, enjoy music that lifts up the spiritual man. Some of you need to dust off that cover that I gave you last year and listen. Okay, what else happens here? First, uh, what verse I want to get to this time? Verse 13. Well, we'll go to verse 12. I will praise thee, O Lord, O my God, with all my heart I will glorify thy name forever and ever. So we, that's, there's that praise. We need to get into praising God. Uh, the more songs you sing to God uh, that, change it, that can change you, that you exonerate God, the better off you'll be. Okay. Okay, now we go to verse 13. For great is thy mercy towards me, and thou hast delivered, oh, there's a big word, delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Delivered. The word delivered in the Hebrew means to snatch away. So God's going to snatch away the bad stuff, or snatch us away, bring us back into the fold. Glory to God. Delivered from what? Well, let's go to New Testament again. This time to the book of, oh, well, we went Galatians once more. Book of Galatians chapter 5. Uh-oh. I wrote the wrong one down. Oh, no wonder. It was the right one, I just in the wrong book. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand therefore fast in the liberty which the Lord, which Christ has made thee free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We've been delivered. There's the yoke of bondage has been removed. It's been snatched away. We've been snatched away from it. Glory to God. Made free from everything that creates doubt. Romans 6.14 says, Sin will no longer have dominion over you. Romans 8 and 1 says there's no now, there's now no condemnation unto you. That's being snatched away. That's setting you free. You're delivered. I'm delivered. Glory to God. There's another song. I've been delivered, praise the Lord. But you won't be able to find that one. Okay. <laughs> Being delivered gives us the kind of faith to walk in. To walk in the promises of God when we've been delivered. The Holy Spirit reveals to us the truths that will never change. When you find these truths, it's not going to change. It says you've been set free. You've been set free. Now, the world, the world distorts truth. 
Okay. It stretches it, you know, going fishing. It stretches things out, you know. And what does it do when you, when you distort things? It benefits. It benefits me when I distort things. So I'm going to tell on myself again. <clears throat> now, this is the example. Uh, not, not this year, but last year. You know, I like to drive my Corvette. At the, to race, race it. I mean, not, not on the streets, so the red and white machines don't follow me. Red, white, and blue machines. But I like to race my car. I put the helmet on, wait for the signal to go, and step on the gas, spinning tires, and okay. And I thoroughly enjoy doing that. You know, some of you need to get out there and. Do some thoroughly good racing. Get just get it out. You know, just, you know. After I get off the track, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't speed as much on the freeway. Uh, so, let me show you how distortion works. I'll improve my uh, uh, driving image to you, and it's a fact of truth. Now, listen, okay. The last time I drove in competition, I took second place. Hey, that's good, right? I mean, doesn't that, that, that make you kind of feel good about your passenger? He took second place. Oh, man, he must be a great driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could drive a car real good, right? Oh, well, that's good. I like that. You see that red car? You know, I got a trophy even. Wow. One of the little ones, but it was a trophy. You know, second, pl second place is, is not, is down here is not the first place. You know, the second place. Okay. Now that's the truth. All you're happy, right? Distortion. You ready? <clears throat> I'll expose the truth, the full truth this time. I would have to tell you that in my classification or division, see, they, they got the Corvettes in different divisions. There was only two in my division. <laughs> I came in last, but I got a trophy for second place. So, you know, just telling you that, wow, you know, Pastor Dave's a great driver in second place, but then you find out there's only two. Hey, you, I'm still proud of my trophy. But that's distortion. See, if we don't tell the whole truth, people believe something and then say, wow, Pastor Dave, you did great. You know, I want you on my team. Boy, if they knew that. <laughs> Hello. All of us do stretch things, you know. The one that got away, you know. So, you know, that's, that's a good example of distorting the truth. Okay, none of you have ever done that, but you know, I just had to tell you how that works. Um, God's word does not distort the truth. Glory to God, and it's not deceptive. Last week we talked about deception, how it runs rampant, and some of us bite at it sometimes and put it in our back pocket. And when it needs to be, you know, help us out, we bring that deception out. It, we can't do that any longer. The word. It's settled. It's, the word is based on truth. It never changes. 
The word can always be trusted. It's established. It's holy. It's pure. And it's sanctified. So we can trust the word. Glory to God. Now, many people in the world are, are not interested in God's word. I mean, you go, some of us have, have gone out there knocking on doors. Nah, I'm not interested. Nah, I don't believe that type of stuff. Or I have my own type of religion. You know. Uh, well, that's the way it is. They're not interested in going to church. They reject God. The word says they are strangers and aliens to the common uh, commonwealth of God. And they ignorantly go through the world doing their own thing. Scripture, you'll find this, you'll find this in uh, Peter and a couple other ones. Um, scripture calls them dumb, brute beasts, some of you recall this, uh, made to be taken and destroyed, who stagger off the precept of the bias without using their brain that God gave them. They don't consider the truth because they rather follow deception. What's our personal, personal relationship with God today? Have you totally accepted what God's word has and what it says that you are? Are you, are you still a child? Or have you... Or have you did a little string and, and gone prodigal, became a prodigal son or a bond servant. I'm hoping none of us will be in the category of dumb brute beasts. Amen. We must stay focused on God's word to confirm his word in our relationship with the Lord. So Heather says, Keep it in a child-father relationship and you'll succeed in everything you do. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer? Should have hit that earlier. All right, let's all stand. Father, we are praising you and we're thanking you, Lord, that our personal relationship, Father God, can be the number one spot of your heart, that we are your child, Father God, and Father God, we are wanting to do in a, exactly what you've called us to do, Father God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that as we are in this season, Father God, in celebration of Lord Jesus' birth, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can share the good news, Father God, with those that are hurting. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Don't forget to.